Hey, welcome to Biohacking with Brittany, a podcast focused on holistic health, nutrition, biohacking, and more. I'm your host, Brittany Ford, registered holistic nutritionist and self-proclaimed biohacker. During the last 10 years, I've focused on healing my gut and hormonal issues through lifestyle changes, nutrition, and of course, biohacks. And now I teach others to do the same. I'm so excited you're joining me today. So let's dive right in. Okay, so welcome to another episode of Biohacking Brittany, or Biohacking with Brittany, I guess is what it's called. Um, Thank you everyone for being here today. This episode is really cool because this, I have Ian Hart with me today, and he wrote a book called Healing Hacks, which I read the whole thing and related to so much of it, um, which I definitely cannot say for all of the health books that I read. So it's all about biohacking and his health journey. And he's also a fitness expert. He owns a couple companies. He had a wellness space in Costa Rica for a while. So he's definitely done a lot of things. So Ian Hart, welcome to the show. We're so excited you're here. Thank you for having me, Brittany. I appreciate it. Yeah. So you, so I looked into your bio and you were in peak condition at one point, mentally, physically, professionally. And then your health kind of started to deteriorate and you started getting these symptoms and things kind of went downhill. So can you take us back to that time and kind of explain what happened and how it made you feel? Sure. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I have a delineation point when things really went downhill, but it was a buildup. And in the book, I talk about allostatic load and I probably have a lot of stressors that caused the kind of, you know, the thing to break uh, the camel mm. back. And so, so yeah, I had, um, I had been exposed to medications previously. I had amalgam fillings, which I talk about in the book. And uh, yeah, I was in amazing shape uh, compared, well, what I considered healthy and in amazing shape. Like I was physically and mentally fit and I can push through things, but I wasn't truly healthy. And um, I was, you know, burning candles on both ends. I was, you know, pushing hard professionally, physically. And um, I decided uh, to run a race while I was under the weather. Um, I had a, I was sick. And in hindsight, I probably was having a reaction to all the gluten I was eating. I was, I was carb loading at the time with a lot of pasta. Right. And had no idea that I had issues with that. And so, um, so anyways, I ran the race, um, which I shouldn't have done. I learned a lot from that because my ego got the best of me, thought I was invincible. And, uh, I got really sick after that. I pushed through, mm-hmm. um, the race. I didn't race to compete, but I still ran it. And, um, and yeah, after that, it just went downhill from there. I got walking pneumonia and then I was given, um, an atom bomb of an antibiotic, which wasn't even on the approved for the market. I found out and is basically like a low dose of chemotherapy. And that's when things really got bad. And the person that I was before was no longer there. And I had to basically come to terms with the fact that that person that I was, um, and it took a couple of years for that is gone and I won't get that back. And, uh, that began my healing journey. And I hit a bottom in the hospital where I was just like, okay, this is, um, you know, I'd rather die than live the way I'm living. 
but I made a pact and commitment to myself that if I get out of this situation, that I will share this with the world um, because no one should have to go through this. And one of the things that I don't get into in the book, but I'd like to address it here. I don't know if I've addressed it in other podcasts before is that I had a lot of the symptoms of what autistic kids would go through. And I have a pretty good idea of what they go through. And it is, um, it is pretty unbearable and intense. And I have strong, strong, uh, emotional connection to that because these kids uh, go through some of the most painful things and they can't verbalize and communicate. I was lucky enough that I was, uh, still mentally and physically strong when I went through it. And I was able to think about it, cope with it to some degree and verbalize what was happening. And, um, I started a lot of healing with using what was put out on the internet as healing for autistic kids. Wow. And, um, and so, and they, you know, funny enough, they've been kind of book burned and taken off Amazon and and other places. So, Mm. uh, so that, yeah, that was the start of my journey. Um, and I just learned over 10 years and spent, I was lucky enough to have a business where I was able to utilize all the profits basically um, to help my health. Uh, so I was learning and growing um, and becoming more prof- like using my profession to grow. And so that's where I was. And I, I realized like, I got to share this knowledge with people because every time I speak to somebody about it, they would kind of lean in a little bit more and, and ask me more questions. And then I was like, well, I got to, mm. after the 10th or 20th time, I was like, all right, this is now my time to write a book. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting that you say some of your symptoms and signs were parallel to that of autistic kids. So what were the parallels there? Um, and in terms of like the healing remedies and things that you found online that are harder to find now, especially with Google's uh, yeah. <laughs> way that they're cracking down on health websites, which is just ridiculous. Right. Um, w- like, what was that? I'm so curious. So I had brain inflammation. I didn't okay. know what it was at the time, but I had serious brain inflammation. Like, I mean, I had brain damage from it. Um, my brain stem uh, was like, it felt like my brain was pushing outside of the skull, which it yeah. probably was, but I don't know because I never got tested. But uh, I had just this swelling in the back of my head for a year. It felt like someone was stabbing me in the back of the brain stem. Um, I never had, had dealt with headaches my whole life. And this was like a headache for a year from hell. Um, I had severe gut dysfunction. Um, I had kind of dementia. And the way I like to look at it is like, you know, dementia and Alzheimer's are basically the opposite end of the spectrum of, of autism in a way. Like it's just older toxicity and poisoning buildup almost um, or gut bacteria issues. Or and, and so I had those type of mental issues. I was like putting milk in in the cabinets instead of back in the fridge. I was mixing up my words. Like I was slightly dyslexic Mm. and it became way worse. My speech pattern started changing. Um, I became more like, I want to say kind of childish like, um, and, and, and mind you, I was coming out of like, uh, part of the reason that got me into this is I had like 
military training. I went through OCS through the Marine Corps. So I thought I was like invincible. And I had this very like straightforward uh, kind of push through anything professional mindset. And then I went from that to like being like (laughs) my mind didn't work. Um, I was like more infantile kind of reaction to things because my brainstem was just on fire. So yeah, I had all these parallels to autism. Um, and, and I started to, you know, I, I, I did a lot of seeking and scouring the internet for anything and everything. I tried a lot of things and some of them made me worse. Some of them made me better. And, um, one of the things I came across was this girl who had healed herself and it was on like a Facebook post and she just posted like, uh, get this book. And it was called healing autism second edition or something like that. And, um, so I was, I was just open to anything. So I bought the book and started reading it and I found out about a parasite cleanse in there and I started to do parasite cleanse. And that was the first thing like, whoa, I'm loaded with parasites all over my body. And um, that was one of the first things that got me in that direction. And then I started to go deeper and deeper into other things that were healing autistic kids. And I started to realize that it worked and was working. So, um, so yeah, I, I, um, there were so many different things that I did, which is part of what I put in the book so that people can say, okay, this doesn't work or this didn't work and this maybe does. But, um, but yeah, it was an um, interesting ride and I'm still not 100% better. Um, mm. But I've done things re- even recently after the book. I, you know, I tell people I launched the book, which helped me learn a ton just writing it. But then afterwards, I, I learned even more. So uh, I went in deeper into some hacking with that stuff as well. Um, but yeah, it's been a journey. Yeah. I mean, it, it always is, honestly, like the healing journey is never really finished or complete as much as we want it to be. Right. Um, but that sounds really cool. And it sounds like you did, you really took ownership of your health and a lot of people don't necessarily do that or don't know how to do that. Um, and I think that's really, yeah, I, I just think it's remarkable that you also wrote a book about it afterwards to help people f- for that very reason. Um, would you consider writing a second book, like a follow-up with your most recent biohacks and healing modalities? Yeah, I thought about it. That'll probably uh, be a while down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took it, it did take a lot of energy out of me to, to write the book, uh, but now I have a little bit more free time on my hands because... Um, I just sold one of my main locations for my training facility. So yeah, we'll see. I'll I'll have to sit down and get to the drawing board on that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So aside from the parasite cleanse, um, what were some of the concrete, you know, TSN turning points or solutions that really helped you? I like in your book, you have so many different things and it's so great to read about them, but like looking back now, what were some of the really key things that you did? Yeah, so the the lowest hanging fruits, which I I tell anybody and everybody, Mm -hmm. uh, are one, your breath, how you breathe. And then there's breathing techniques like I go over. You know, there's many numerous breath work and now it's kind of mainstream. 
Yeah. Um, but, you know, you have the Wim Hof method, Butenko method. But if you're not breathing correctly, no matter what you do, uh, it, it really won't help. So breathing in through the nose, becoming a nose breather. Um, a great book just came out on this, which confirmed a lot of the stuff that I was uh, going through and speaking about, which is called Breathe. Mm. And um, the guy goes deep into how it changes every aspect of your life if you're not breathing correctly. And so the whole book is about it. And he actually did a study where he, he plugged his nose for 10 days and they tracked, you know, his like blood sugar and his oxygen levels and all this stuff. And uh, so if you're not nose breathing, um, you're going to be sick. Eventually, if you're, you will eventually end up with diseases or some type of health issues. So that's one thing, breathing correctly. And then if you can, do breath work like the Wim Hof method is a great choice. It's fun. People enjoy it. And then the second one is castor oil. It's so simple mm-hmm. and um, it gives you so many benefits that, you know, putting a castor oil pack on your belly or on your liver will help uh, increase glutathione. It'll help uh, balance out the microbiome. It will uh, break biofilm so that your immune system can get to these uh, bacteria that are harming you or making your immune system uh, lowered. It, uh, I mean, there's just a long list. Um, it has all the qualities of like, uh, you know, I heard, um, I interviewed this doctor and she said it has all the qualities of a snake oil, uh, but it delivers actually on all the things. And this is scientifically proven. So uh, they used to anoint kings to the throne with it back in the old days. So we know that it has um, uh, power. Uh, now, people with gut issues, there are some places, and I've done this before, where they have parasite cleanses with the internal use of castor oil. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have gut issues, that's something you want to stay away from because castor oil does come from a seed, and you want to stay away from seeds if you have gut issues, um, you know, seeds and skin. So doing castor packs where you put the oil on a wool, what kind of a wool fabric, and then you place it on your gut wrap it in saran wrap and then you leave it on overnight ideally and you can put a heater on it to to have it permeate more Uh, but those two things um are you know two things that can help help get people very far in their healing practice Mm. Mm. interesting you say castor oil packs because when i first started my healing journey like over 10 years ago as well it was through a naturopath and she that was one of the first things she recommended uh, was castor oil pack. And I think I did a couple back then, but I honestly don't think I've done one since. Um, I kind of forgot about them, to be honest. <laughs> but I mean, I, it's like you said, they're so rooted. There's such a history of them. Right. Um, it's very interesting. And I know you're also a Wim Hof uh, instructor. So in terms of, you know, Wim Hof is obviously gaining popularity and stuff now. Um, how, how have you found that type of breathing has changed you physically or mentally uh, over time? Um, that's a good question because I've, I've wavered with that um, because there's been periods where I've like really pushed myself with it. And then I'm just like, I don't want to do this anymore. Or... Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and, and, and that's such as life. So, uh, you know, sometimes it'll resonate with people at certain times, but overall, um, people will go through phases with it. 
they have to because when you first do it, it releases an enormous amount of adrenaline and adrenaline most people wouldn't be used to, especially if you're sick. Mm. And so the body will adapt to that. Um, so you'll have a kind of adaptation phase where in the beginning it feels really amazing. Um, and then later on, maybe it doesn't feel the same or you have a harder time holding the breath. And for people listening, Wim Hof method is you do about 30 to 50 breaths. They're, this is their basic breathing method. You do 30 to 50 breaths. Uh, you inhale and then exhale all the way out. You empty your lungs and then you hold your breath. And because you've hyperoxygenated the body, um, you can hold your breath a lot longer with your lungs empty. And um, the benefits of this are, I mean, numerous and varied. It's like, it, it just ad adapts you for becoming more efficient at utilizing oxygen. And really, when we talk about life and longevity, the name of the game is how efficient you use oxygen. That's really like the basics is what it comes down to. So the more efficiently you use oxygen and also clear out, you know, the CO2 and waste, uh, your body just becomes more well-oiled machine and so that's what the Wim Hof method is doing you learn how to hyperoxygenate the body uh, you exhale and hold um, at one point the co2 is very low the oxygen is very high and then as you're holding the co2 increases and then at one point your body's going to trigger your brain's going to trigger your diaphragm will trigger to take that breath when the co2 is too high and then you take a deep breath in and all of the cells that are screaming for oxygen, especially the areas that need healing. And this is what I found out through the years is that uh, they will scream for oxygen more and it'll help detox those cells. And so you'll get oxygen to the areas that you need it most. Um, and so, you know, it's helped my brain function. Um, it's helped all the damage I've had to tissue, like muscular tissue as well. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's been, like I said, I go off and on with it. And I also change up, like I've, I had been doing breath work for probably 10 years prior to that. And so I always mix it up with different type of breathing. And that's the best part about breathing. Like there's the Wim Hof method, but really he had no method and you can play around with breathing. You can do the breath holds and inhale and hold, you can exhale and hold, you can do breathing through the nose, breathing through the mouth, you can rotate the breathing through the nose and the mouth, and they all ask, activate different parts of the brain. Um, they're all helpful to different parts of the body. Uh, and we're, we're kind of just scratching the surface on what the potential is for some of this stuff. So, um, yeah, it's changed me in, in numerous ways, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually over the years. And sometimes, depending on what I want to use it for, I'll target that thing. Yeah. I'm kind of the same way with breathing or like breath work more so. Um, I, sometimes I'm super into it and I'm doing it every single day. And then sometimes I just haven't done it for a few months. Right. Uh, it's similar with me with meditation as well. Like you know, all of these hacks and these things that we can do. Sometimes it's too much to try and do every single one every single day. Right. Um, so I kind of, yeah, I just go in phases of what I think I need and what I'm into. Um, it's kind of the beauty of it, honestly. Absolutely. So 
in, yeah, in terms of like your own biohacking or hacking, uh, regimen and routine today, like, what does that look like? What are you currently into? Uh, yeah. So, um, right now I still do the breath work. What I've been doing with the breath work is inhaling and holding my breath. And I feel like I've been getting a lot more benefit from that. Um, and I recently did stem cell therapy. Uh, another mm-hmm. thing that kids with autism have done that found amazing results. And I found that to be extremely helpful for me. Like I felt brain inflammation went down it started healing a lot of things. And um, one of the things that it works well in combination with, and the other thing that the Wim Hof method does as well, or, or intense type of breathing is the lungs. Um, there's a study that shows the lungs actually make stem cells, but when you get more oxygen in the body, you get the stem cells to the places that need it. And so I've been doing inhaling, uh, you know, 50, 60 breaths uh, through the nose or something like that deep. So I've been off gassing the CO2 and that's, I've been inhaling through the nose. So I'll take a deep, 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 full breath. Like I'm talking about my lungs are completely full and then I'll actually sip in a little bit more air. And this is proven in in the neuroscience, like, one way to de-stress as well. So I'll breathe in and then I'll take another double breath, breathe in again, and then slowly exhale out through the mouth and do a long exhale. And this is great for anxiety, but it's also Mm. great for getting off gassing the CO2 out of your lungs. And I'll do a bunch of breaths like that. And then all of a sudden my oxygen levels will be high and I'll take a full deep breath in and I'll squeeze oxygen to like my body as well as time myself just to see, you know, okay, can I hold my breath longer? Um, so there's been periods where I will time myself and then I won't time myself. Now I'm in a phase where I'm timing myself to see how long I can hold my breath. And then I also just go for jogs and breathe only through the nose purposefully. And I do it uh, intentionally focusing on nose breathing. And um, that's been really good for me as well. Um, And then other than that, like, I just, you know, diet is essential. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I just always focus on eating from my gut because my gut is so damaged. So the hacks that I've been doing for that, um, which, you know, I guess you can call them hacks, but uh, I, I do like a absorbing of toxins and bad bacteria in the gut. And then afterwards, I'll replace it with, uh, I make my own raw yogurt and my own raw kefir. Um, So I'll I'll use like a a GI detox that has activated charcoal, betonite clays, etc. And that pull the toxins out. And then uh, I'll, I'll replace that with the good bacteria. That's really cool. Making your own yogurt. I want to try that. That's, that's awesome. It's amazing. Once you do it, it's hard to go back. I mean, I don't buy store-bought yogurt unless it is raw. Uh, like in Costa Rica, right. we would get that. But um, So I have to do only raw, and I'm so I have to make my own in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, so what does your diet typically look like then? Like sounds like you're eating a lot of raw dairy. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> when my, my gut issue – first came, I was like allergic to everything. I became allergic to everything. Mm-hmm. And to the point where for like two years, I ate literally five foods um, and it was like torture. And I still, to this day, 
I can't, uh, I can't eat processed dairy. I can't have gluten. Um, I can't have nightshades. Uh, and so I literally stick to kind of a ape paleo diet, which is like an autoimmune right. diet. Um, I have a lot of like meat stocks, foods. Um, I eat, yeah, basically vegetables, uh, some type of fruits, some, a lot of fruits uh, mess me up and then raw dairy. And it's similar to like almost a Western a price. Um, mm. you know, I eat like, uh, they would back in the day, like basically all you had access to was like fish, shrimp, uh, you know, game, wild game, um, dairy, raw dairy and fruits and vegetables. And that's basically how I eat. Yeah, that's pretty good. That that's, that's very nutrient dense, which is what you want. Um, I'm kind of similar. I don't do well with lactose or casein. Um, I don't do well with gluten either. So I, I'm pretty much paleo. Uh, I don't eat nightshades either. Um, but it's not a hundred percent. Right. So I, I try not to be too strict about it because in the past I've gotten, gotten a little, uh, not neurotic about it, but just too stressed about it. And then that causes health issues. So it kind of backfires. So yeah. yeah. So it's really about like finding the balance of what works for you. Um, but I definitely don't do the raw dairy and I would be interested in doing that. It's something I've thought about before. Um, but I, you know, you can buy it in Canada. You just have to go straight to the farmer. Right. So compared to like a whole foods, um, I think it's like a bit less strict than the U S but it's still not super, super easy. You got to do it yourself. Um, yeah. There's a, there's a war on raw dairy. That's another thing. Like just mm-hmm. since we're talking about it, yeah. uh, raw dairy is, uh, is one of the best. It, it, it is considered me- medicine in lots of ways. I mean, there was literally the raw diet, uh, raw dairy diet that people use just for healing the gut. And so uh, this stuff can all be found on Weston A. Price, and it's been vilified purposefully mm-hmm. uh, because they don't the, the commodities of milk they don't want people using raw dairy. It kills you. It tastes better. It's better for you. And then they say you can get listeria and all these other things, which is not true. If you actually do the research, there's about an equal amount of poisoning from raw and um, processed. And processed actually goes bad quickly. So there's a lot of people that get milk, you know poison from raw uh, processed milk. So, um, so when people hear that, you know, stay away from raw dairy, you need to cook it. And um, it's important that you find out where you're getting it from and that they're making sure that they are doing healthy practices. So right. the source of it is extremely important. Yeah, for sure. You definitely don't want raw dairy from a conventional cow. <laughs> That's got like hormones and antibiotics put into it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So what are, so I know you mentioned like the castor oil packs and then the breath work, but are there any other biohacks that you recommend to people who are looking to start today? I mean, maybe they're trying to heal from something or maybe they're just trying to level up their health in general. Yeah. If someone's trying to heal, um, you know, I've done a lot of things that were not, correct for me or try or pushed me too fast Mm. and healing is an art and I I tell people you know use your intuition and look for answers because you'll find um, the path 
that's necessary for you to take at that moment in time. And sometimes I guide people through that. Uh, but um, there is no next thing that someone needs to do. Like, mm. and this is very important that I should say, there's no specific diet. Like I follow the eight diet because I have an autoimmune issue. So if you have an autoimmune issue, maybe something you want to try out, but some of the foods in there might not work for you. Um, it doesn't mean the eight diet doesn't work for you. And people will just say like, oh, I'm doing this diet. I'm doing X, Y, and Z diet. Um, so use your discretion and just listen to your body is what I would say uh, with food. Um, I've done juice fastings that made me worse uh, a lot. Worse. And I think it was because the oxalates and some of the greens that I was using and, you know, you hear people like, oh, you got to do juice fasting. So I talk about juicing and fasting in the book, but for some people, it might make them worse if they have a gut issue, uh, if they can't digest certain things. So healing and hacking and stuff is also about, most importantly, what not to do and what to eliminate. So that's one of the things that I just, I want to go over. And then in terms of what to do, um, yeah, I mean, I have like a whole process of things of how to go about healing. So, uh, the, and the step one, I'll just reiterate that again, is eliminating the things that are making you sick, right? So if you're not breathing properly, like I said, uh, you have to start breathing correctly instantly. If you're eating foods that are causing you to get worse, uh, you need to focus on that, um, or I would highly recommend you know, analyzing your diet because you will never get better. No matter what hacks you do, no matter what, you just won't get better. And then once you figure out what to eliminate, then you can start incorporating certain things like, uh, you know, like sa the sauna is good for people, but um, some people, again, it's not, you know, if, if you aren't detoxing properly, you may just release all these toxins into your bloodstream and then not be able to get them out. So, um, so using it with caution, um, you know, like I, it's great for mold detoxing people with Lyme. Um, mm. but I was using it and then my, I, I haven't, I don't know if it was an MTHFR gene mutation type thing mm. where I wasn't detoxing, but that made me worse. Um, so I did this whole specific sauna detox um, and it made me worse. Uh, I started to get like numbness down my legs. And it's also why they say, you know, I guess people for MS, um, they're not supposed to use it. Um, people who have MS. So, um, but with that being said, hot, cold therapy can be very, very beneficial for everybody. So like mm. going into an ice bath and using a sauna or sauna and taking a cold shower, uh, it helps strengthen the cells and that's what the Wim Hof method does. So the stronger the arterioles are and the cells are um, by pumping them, right? And getting the lymphatic system moving, which is one of the first things that I recommend people do to get healthy is get their lymphatic system going, which is why I recommended castor oil because it, it moves the lymph system and the lymph can be looked at as like the sewage system. Imagine if you have all the sewage in you and it's not being moved and then it's going to leak into other areas. And that's where we start to see, you know, brain toxicity or joints and inflammation and stuff like that. 
And so, um, so moving the lymph, and there's many ways to move the lymph, but Wim Hof breathing does it, castor oil does it, light exercise, dry brush, brushing, um, jumping up and down, hot and cold therapy, because you're pumping the cells. So there's contraction and expansion, and we're always contracting. Mm. And so when you do uh, the breathing, for example, um, when you exhale, when you hyperoxygenate, contrary to what people think, it's, it's a vasoconstrictor, meaning the veins constrict tighter. And CO2 is a vasodilator. So when you go hyperoxygen, your veins constrict and your cells constrict. And then when you get high CO2, your arterials open up and now they're ready to receive more oxygen. So you're literally opening up the arterials, you're training and strength training the arterials the cells, and then you get more oxygen into the body, into the brain. Um, and another another thing that people, um, I found uh, fascinating was that low, low CO2 or a lack of ratio of CO2 in the brain is connected with almost every single mental health issue uh, from schizophrenia to anxiety, et cetera. So just doing that breathing stuff, you'll see some of those things cleared up, depression, um, and then, so, so yeah, moving the lymph, moving the lymphatic, and getting the toxins out. Again, if you have gut issues, then um, you may not process all this stuff out. And that's where you want to kill the gut. And that's why the first line of defense is one healing the gut so that when you process out the junk, it's actually able to move out. And that's also why kefir and yogurt, especially raw, is so good because it got it helps gobble up the toxins, mm. uh, gobbles up the heavy metals, it gobbles up mold, um, it helps build the good bacteria, it helps heal the gut and seal the gut if you have leaky gut. Um, so, so yeah, it's it's um, it helps glutathione, castor oil helps glutathione, raw milk helps glutathione. Um, which is the master antioxidant. Most people who are sick have very low glutathione. You're depleting your glutathione. Usually it's good in minerals. Uh, magnesium is something that almost everybody who's had prolonged sickness needs a lot of. Um, I recommend for that Remag, which is 100% um, absorbable. But um, also, uh, you know, the subtitle of my book is Bring Your Body Back to Nature. And we get all these things from nature. We, we, we tend to think we're separate from nature now, and we're not. We are nature, and the more we disconnect from nature, the sicker we become on every single level, mentally, physically, spiritually. So the more we connect with nature, right? So wearing rubber-soled shoes all the time is not good for your health. Um, it will make you sick. You have positive and negative ions. We're exposed to way more positive ions, which, um, for example, Wi-Fi gives positive ions. Negative ions are found in nature and they neutralize positive ions. And so, you know, for example, waterfalls have high levels of, of negative ions. Um, so spending time connected to the earth, like putting your feet in sand, especially, you know, if it's sand with water, you get even more negative ions. It's like charging the body, the, the body and as I put it in the book, we are batteries. We are literal batteries. We're antennas um, and we're receiving and giving off 
frequency at all times. And nature is more in alignment with that frequency. So the more time we spend out in nature, uh, usually mentally, emotionally, physically, better we are. And, um, and the funny thing is I wrote that uh, because I'd experienced it to some degree. I grew up, you know, always playing in the woods and stuff. But it was after I wrote the book that I spent six months of just completely in nature, immersed in nature in Costa Rica. And I really got to understand how the body heals itself over time and spending time in the ocean, right? All the minerals and the flushing out of the toxins. And um, we, you know, it's believed we came from the ocean. We came from salt water. And even like uh, in the womb, we're in a solution like that. And uh, so being in the ocean, being connected with nature, uh, being rooted on the ground is extremely powerful and, and almost necessary uh, for healing. I love that. I love everything you just said. <laughs> um, yeah, I just I just think nature heals exactly what you said and in so many different ways. And we have so much opportunity to really use it um, instead of, you know, these more expensive, elaborate things like – you know, going down to the beach or the lake can be just as healing, if not more. Um, right. And I think it's awesome that you r really advocate for that. And obviously so do I. So yeah. yeah. And yeah, thank you so much for coming on today. Like I just love listening to you talk and I feel like you provide so much information. Um, so where can people find you and how can they connect with you? Uh, yeah. So you can go to healinghacks.net. Um, that's where I have my book. Um, I'm on Facebook as ENR Heart, or it's actually Earth EarthFit is my uh, training facility name, um, and then uh, BackPainReliefForLife.com with the number four. Um, I, I specialize in back pain relief as one of the things that I do. Uh, so yeah, those are the three places: HealingHacks.net, BackPainReliefForLife.com, and then you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at ENR Heart. Awesome. I will add all of those to the show notes um, so everyone can find you and connect with you and get your book and learn more about your process and, and your healing journey. Um, yeah. And so thanks so much for coming on. This was great. Thank you so much, Brittany. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning in today. As always, feel free to screenshot this episode and tag me if you'd like me to respond. I really hope you enjoyed it and learned something new. If you have a question about your health, my DMs are always open and I'm currently taking new clients. Thanks and see you next time.